So who determines how great we are? The answer to that question, of course, depends on how we choose to define the term greatness. And we can define it, for example, as a great amount of speed, in which case, the, say we're at the Olympics, the, 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 the judges determine how great we are. If it's ability in figure skating, the same thing. Greatness in chess, the same thing. The rules there. Greatness in uh, supermodeling, the amount of money that we earn from it and the amount of shoots that we have per year. Greatness in Instagramming, the amount of followers that we have. Greatness in money, the amount of money we have in the bank account, certainly. So we can define the term great any which way we want. Well, we can also suppose that there's some kind of real underlying greatness to greatness. Right? It's not, not something that is just uh, made up and arbitrary, but there's something really substantive there. So we could try to figure out what that could be. So we would say, or we might suggest that if we take greatness, that the term greatness to mean some, something really, truly profound and substantive, uh, we could ask what unifies everybody who clearly is not great, meaning uh, somebody who's an excellent figure skater is clearly great, at least in figure skating. Somebody who's a very wealthy is clearly great, at least in wealth. Somebody who's a renowned uh, artist or poet is at least great as it concerns those uh, disciplines. But what unites people that have no kind of greatness whatsoever and potentially also those who have certain kinds of greatness, like the figure skating or the wealth or not. I see just random examples, not picking anything up. What unites uh, 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 all of us like that, we would say it's that we are, are very, very subjective, that we're very, very psychological. We're very, very individual. And our sphere of interest extends only and solely to a couple of things to obviously the needs of the body to its pains and pleasures along with our uh, emotions and our self-esteem needs and our drive for dignity. And that's it, basically. And everybody else and everything else, sometimes it comes into our sphere of interest. Sometimes we care as appropriate, as needed, as we think will satisfy our pride. But it's not, not nothing crazy. At the end of the day, what's real is my temporal uh, life. It's, uh, it, you know, it's this person that was born on this date, dying, we're not going to think about because that's too much of an ego blow. Uh, and uh, that that's just here, for fighting for his or her interest at any expense to anybody else. So we would say this is the unifying characteristic of absolutely all of us in our natural state. So if we want to call that greatness, we can because greatness is just a word. So we can call anything we want greatness. We can call scratching our nose or getting a haircut greatness no problem but if we kind of want to think logically and not just on the level of linguistics of words then we would say no that can't be greatness because everybody's like that altogether maybe it's great relative to uh to, to a plant or to a rock or something but not relative to other people well you can't say where somebody has exceptional greatness because they breathe oxygen well we, we all do uh right? assisted or unassisted we all do or uses the restroom or eats or drinks or something like that. It has to be something unique. So we would then say, what would greatness be if we see what greatness is not? We would say it stands the reason that greatness would be a sacrifice of all of that. It would be a sacrifice of this narrow, petty, small, tiny little self that is a, a purely a, a taker, that is purely interested in its own very limited good, the, apparent good. 
and cares about nothing and nobody else, meaning it would be a substantial reduction in subjectivity and that which makes us a super duper specific person that can never ever be replicated. But again, along these very kind of narrow lines, very narrow psychology, very particular complexes and issues and worries, very particular likes and dislikes, that kind of subjectivity. Greatness then would perhaps mean to sacrifice it and to increase to a decent degree our objectivity where we are living in the the sphere of what we might call reality uh, where we have ideas to which alternatives cannot be conceived and even more pertinently where we are not thinking about ourselves, where we're not constantly aware of our physical and emotional needs and we're consequently in a state where we're simply asking what can be done to move toward the good for myself right, and others and, and, and everyone altogether and consequently there can be no contradiction between what's good for me and what's good for all because then we would think I am part of the whole and that it's, it's logically a salad, logically inconceivable that's something that is good for the whole, can be bad for the whole. What does that even mean? If it's good for the whole and I'm part of the whole, it's good for me. If it's bad for the whole, then it's bad for me because I'm part of the whole. So consequently, perhaps it means that this particular body that I call my own has to get sick. Goodness forbid, maybe it has to die. Well, if it's good for the whole, then that's also good for me. Maybe it has to be that this particular character that I take myself to be will not ever be very wealthy or very famous or very successful in some kind of tangible way. Well, if that's good for the whole, then it's good for me. Somebody has to play all kinds of different roles, and that could be me, in fact. All right, so we say that this is obviously uh, uh, not uh, something common whatsoever. So if we mean by the term greatness something distinguishing and, and uh, that's above uh, and beyond the rest, uh, at least in a, in a purportedly positive direction, because obviously go the other direction... And we, which we can briefly touch upon, uh, well, then we would call that uh, greatness. So what is the other direction? So by uh, studying the cases of psychotic individuals, of people that have completely lost their marbles, what do we see? We see a, a massive exaggeration of subjectivity to the point where a person gets so sucked into their own little self, into their own fantasies, into their own neuroses, their own anxieties, their own worries, where there's everything else loses existence. Everyone and everything else, meaning, for example, let's say a person is, uh, is a hypochondriac. They're uh, obsessed with their own health uh, it, to the point where the sole thing that a person thinks about from, from waking up to going to sleep perhaps doesn't even go to sleep because he or she's so worried about their health is their health. So it, consequently, I, my, my, uh, I think my uh, little toe, it might be, might be sick. Oh my goodness, I feel a, a lump that, uh, that here on, on my other toe that I feel a bump. Oh, I got an insect, but constantly, constantly, right? So we call that insanity. We, uh, why? Because a person has drawn into themselves. Is this the sum total of reality, right? That, that my, uh, our own body and our own health needs, is this everything that there is in light of the universe, in light of other people, in light of ideas and values and, and morals and ethics and civilization and so many things. And the sole thing that we can think about is our, is our body, our big toe, our little toe, whatever it may be. No, that's a, a clearly absurd. It's in contradiction to reality. It's not that it's, it's just an opinion. Oh, I, we see. It's obvious. So in other like cases like that, uh, we, we, could, we would also call insanity, for example, a person 
wants to imagine that he or she is the king or queen of England when they're not, or, or that he or she is a billionaire when they're not. So then a person gets so sunk into a particular fantasy that is needed for the self-esteem, there's nothing else. This is, this is the only thing in the world is this particular fantasy is, is, is my own particular pride and self-esteem needs. So we see how, even though it's an extreme, we wouldn't call that greatness. We might call it a, a great excess of insanity, but we wouldn't call it greatness in a positive sense. So consequently, we have to go all the, the, the other way and in the, uh, in the opposite direction. So we reach the midway point then from, going, from a, the case of somebody who's totally bonkers and nuts, such as the examples we mentioned. And, and the halfway point is where a person is, is, is very subjective, but is capable of thinking of things other than him or herself. For example, my job, uh, the interest of my company or my fellow employees, the interest of my family, the interest of my community. And there's a, at least a good percentage of the time then we think that uh, I care about others. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if my significant other or children make me feel too bad, then no, forget them. I, I'm willing to, to get rid of them. But assuming that they kind of let me be, I'll let them be. And I can th- go buy them things and I can kind of care a little bit. I can, uh, you know, I care about the, the, the world a little bit. I, I want to, maybe I'm going to do something positive for the community. I'm going to once in a while give money to somebody. So that's average state. So, but we wouldn't call it great because that's, it's average. So we keep going in that same direction away from the insanity. It stands to the reason that eventually... We're going to hit a point of utter objectivity where a person has zero regard for him or herself defined in these kinds of narrow terms, right? my, my self-esteem needs, my pride, my body, and purely is, again, asking what is it that I can give, what contribution can I make, what good can I do for others, and even for myself also, but not again in these narrow terms in, in a broad, general way. A person like that then would think, I'm a, I'm a member of the human species, I want to demonstrate what's possible for our species, for a being such as myself. And I'm going to work toward the good in that sense, but not in the sense of thinking I'm this specific person with these parents, this uh, government identification number, this birth date, this backstory, this psychology. And I want that specific character to triumph, right? To, to, to prove people wrong, to establish dominant, this kind of thing. All right. So it's important to make that a, Distinction. So the question is, how do we, if we define greatness like that again, how do we, uh, how do we attain it? So one answer is we work, uh, kind of, we, we have to address our subjectivity. We have to resolve our issues. Uh, every little thing that uh, it draws us into ourself, that makes us self-conscious is preventing us from greatness, from objectivity, from selflessness. For example, if we have uh, a phobia and we're constantly and it's something that we think about frequently maybe we have a phobia of rain and every time it rains we're freaking out uh, and uh, consequently continually we're drawn into this narrow psychology what 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 objectivity can there be if we're freaking out when there's a little rain coming from the sky right maybe we're very scared of our own death so we're constantly thinking about it what objectivity can there be when we're worried that an additional body to the billions and billions of bodies that have already been it's going to be in the ground at some point. Of course, what else? What's the alternative? Hey, what kind of greatness can there be? None or very little. So we see we, it stands the reason we do have to address these kinds of things that are pulling us into ourself and we can address them through reason, through rationing, uh, through rational, excuse me, thought, um, through, through work as, as appropriate. Maybe we need to confront the phobia. Maybe we need to do something, whatever it may be. 
But another kind of that can be a very long process. Another thing that perhaps might work for some people uh, to, to expedite it is is the sacrifice. It's the it, it, it's the sacrifice. Meaning we say, for example, uh, a person can uh, 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 let's say they have a house and it could take. They want to. Uh, they, 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 they want to make it better, so it could take months and years to redo the kitchen, put in new wall, wallpaper, uh, do the basement up, the, uh, all kinds of things. That's one alternative. Another alternative is just give the house away. And then it's not a problem, right? Give it to, to uh, the first person that asks. Give it to a person that's in need of, of shelter and consequently would be thankful even with a house that's not perfectly decorated. Whatever it may be, give it away. It's no longer a problem. So if we can, it stands to reason that would also be a strategy here where we simply give ourselves away. Uh, probably not to anybody, anybody as we would a house, but just in general. We just throw it out. We just dispose of it. Instead of for years and years thinking about our unique psychology and our unique complexes and this and that, we just kind of sacrifice it and say, you know, goodbye. I don't need you anymore. This particular character, I don't need to constantly be thinking about myself. I don't need to constantly be sunk uh, and hung on my... Uh, um, inadequacies and weaknesses and insecurities, I'm just going to get rid of it. So if this works for somebody, then phenomenal. And then they've, they've succeeded and they've, uh, uh, to, to that extent that they've sacrificed themselves. But of course, it can't be in talk. A person can't just say, I don't care about myself when in reality, those kinds of psych- uh, psychological factors persist. It has to be real. So if a person can do it, great. If not, then, then there's the, the other roots of resolving the issues uh, one by one systematically and all of that. Uh, but that's the idea. So in as much as sacrifice, however, is something that, that we can do, we're, we're basically then as great as we want to be, as, as willing as we are to uh, uh, kind of let go, uh, uh, reduce our pride a little bit and let go of the particular things that make us us in this very narrow way. Because again, our pride gets involved and consequently we cling to our complexes. We cling to our insecurities. We cling to our very narrow uh, vain points of view, uh, uh, we almost take pride in it, right? It's like, oh, look at my particular weaknesses. Look at this. That's not, <laughs> it's not the way to go. But in as much as we're willing to, to sacrifice, then that's how great we can become. And consequently, a person can become quite great, even uh, in the most unlikely of circumstances. And there's no need for uh, approval from somebody uh, or some organization or, or awards or anything like that. A person can be in a remote uh, little village somewhere selling watermelons, you know, <laughs> digging ditches, repairing roofs. And in as much as this person can sacrifice his or her psychology, they're going to be going to be very, very great. They're going to attain objectivity. And we would think again that now people are pretty plain. A lot of people, they're, they're not that psychologically unique. Somebody just from, again, some village somewhere, but that's the appearance. That's the show. If we probe a little deeper, we see, as we said at the beginning, that the mark of everybody who's not great is that they are very psychologically distinct and they do have very much to say about their own self, no matter how plain they might appear on the outside. Right? We only see other people's bodies. We don't see their inner life. We drive around, maybe we see people working on, on the side of the road. We think, well, how complicated can these people be? They're already great in that sense, right? They're already objective. It's just they do their job they, they, uh, and then go, go sleep and that's it. No, no. If we, if we probe a little bit, we see that exactly the plainer, quote unquote, a person is, so to speak at least, the more psychologically complex they are, the higher the demands are, the more that different pathologies and neuroses and all kinds of things 
So we see it's, there's no easy shortcut. Oh, I just need to be somewhere where it's not, I'm, I don't have a high degree of visibility. I'm not a CEO of a company. I'm not a, you know, a, a suffering artist or poet. I'm not a, a, a superstar singer. And then I'm, I'm plain. I'm already objective. I'm already great. No, uh, that's not how it is. Uh, not at all. So we see that uh, it, it, the standard of greatness still applies no matter where we are and that we can choose to be truly great. And uh, kind of the consequences of that, of course, is that it's a completely different existence to go from being a, a narrow psychological piece of work to, to actually being a, a, a full-fledged person. And the contribution we can make to ourselves and to others is will be inestimably greater. So bottom line, we're as great as we choose to be. We're as great, uh, we're great in proportion to the extent to which we sacrifice. And uh, so it's in our hands. So let's think about it. Thank you for listening.